Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is the Game Day Show, and you're home for Fighting Irish Football, 96.1 FM, 9.60 AM, WSBT. I'm your host, Evan Sharpley, and we are live from the WSBT studios today, previewing the Notre Dame football game as they get ready to take on the Syracuse Orange in New York. Kickoff is just after 2.30. Your Fighting Irish are 10-0 and and ranked number three in the country right now, and the Syracuse Orange are 8-2 and and ranked 12th. We have a high-profile matchup late. In November, can the Fighting Irish pull it off? I'm joined by my partner in crime who is now off of the disabled list and is starting his rehabilitation, <laughs> State Farm Agent Tim Grout. Tim, how are you feeling? I'm feeling great, but you know, being off of pain meds doesn't mean I might say something <laughs> stupid because I probably do that anyway and stuff, but uh, thank you. It's good to, be, good to be back. Irish picked up a couple of good wins while I was gone. You didn't have to get any texts from me because I couldn't text at the time, so you've been sailing free, man, <laughs> sailing free. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been um, – I've missed you. I've certainly missed thank you. Thank you. Um, but, yeah, the, the Irish have been playing well a couple of, uh, a couple of wins under their belt since we last saw each other um, and, and now two really big games to close out the year um, heading to Yankee Stadium they're going to wear the pinstripes today Tim I'm really interested to see how the 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 bigger guys the linemen look in these pinstripe pants I don't know <laughs> I was going to ask you your opinion I heard you like the helmets but I didn't hear anything below the neck yeah the I, I, I do I like the helmets and, and I know um, you know from a traditional standpoint you know most traditional fans as soon as you get away from the gold helmets you know you, you have the possibility of maybe upsetting some people um, and I get that but I do think you know I really liked they're pretty clean you've got the pinstripes within the helmet um, but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> the the for me the jury is still out on the pinstripe pants I don't know how they're going to look on a football field I don't know how they're going to look on 300 pound linemen um, they and, may and not you've got a good perspective because you were a baseball guy right, too right. so but you don't have have too many 300 pound baseball players <laughs> so you know once uh once once these big dudes put these pants on and get out there moving around um I don't know if I'm excited it's probably not the right word I'm certainly intrigued to see how the pants play well let's talk about a big guy that had a big career at Notre Dame and in the NFL's our first guest but I got to tell you when I sent my text to him this morning to give him a wake-up uh, call and he said uh, I text him like at seven o'clock he said he's up already having breakfast and he texts me back couldn't hardly get up for our 11 o'clock class when I was at Notre Dame. Now I'm up at 6 a.m. on the weekends. Laugh out loud. <laughs> That's our uh, former running back from Notre Dame, Mark Edwards. Mark, good morning. Hey, hey, I'm not a former running back. I'm a former fullback. Let's make that distinction. Okay? You're old school. I like that. So how do you think about these yeah. uniforms? Have you seen them? What, what do you think you'd look like in one of these pinstripes, as Evan was talking about? Well, uh, aren't uh, vertical stripes slimming? <laughs> right? Yes. Right? Uh, but, but but overall, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm a traditionalist as well. I love uh, the blue and the gold. Um, but, uh, well, well, not only like that, but, you know, I also love playing on grass and getting dirty and all that. But I realize now that uh, today's athlete is different than we were in, in the 90s and the 80s and, and even before that. So, 
you know, these, these different uniforms, these kids nowadays love that stuff. Uh, they, they get to wear something different, something unique. Under Armour does a fantastic job, you know, working with Notre Dame. Obviously, you know, Notre Dame is Under Armour's you know, key college football account. But uh, they do a wonderful job. The kids love it. Uh, you know, they get to do something different, you know, once or twice a year. So uh, it's necessary for today's college athlete, I think, uh, even though us traditionalists don't like it. Mark, Mark is that something then um, you think teams like Notre Dame are doing as far as the Shamrock Series is concerned? Um, you know, being a traditional traditionalist like you are, what are your thoughts on some of these neutral site games? Not necessarily the jerseys themselves, but you know, going and playing in Yankee Stadium. A couple years they're going to be playing um, in Ireland. What are your thoughts on those games? My senior year, 1996, was the first time we went over and played in Dublin, Ireland. And I tell you what, I had one heck of a time over there. Um, obviously, there was a no-drinking rule back then, but uh, I think we bent it just a little bit uh, <laughs> after, after that game. Uh, but, no, I, you know, that kind of stuff I really I think is great because it gives Notre Dame a national platform. We get to go play in places uh, many other teams – don't have the opportunity to go and do that, uh, you know, to go play in, in a San Diego, in a San Antonio, in Yankee Stadium in New York. Uh, th- those are sometimes some historical venues that, you know, the kids in Notre Dame get to go experience, whereas somebody from Michigan or Ohio State aren't going to get to go and do those type of things. So it gives us a leg up on recruiting, I believe. Uh, and, it gives Notre Dame fans a destination game, something, some, somewhere different. I mean, everybody loves going back to South Bend. Don't get me wrong, uh, but it gets cold in South Bend uh, as well. So you know, it may, maybe it's fun to be cold somewhere else uh, on occasion as well. So, Mark, I want to ask you a question. Someone posed to me, um, and, and having gone to Dublin and played in Dublin. Um, I'm sure you can give some pretty good insight on this. I, I was asked, would you prefer, you know, as a player, you know, current players now too, would you prefer to play in, say, a Shamrock Series game every year with alternate uniforms, potentially at a neutral site, or, um, you know, within every three to four years, play at least one or go on one trip to Dublin, Ireland? Well, we're Notre Dame, so we could do both. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, I want to be greedy on this one. It, it, it's not an either-or situation for Notre Dame because Notre Dame is a national brand. It's a world brand, and people are going to come and watch regardless. Uh, you know, they, they just went to Dublin, what, two years ago? Yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was pretty recent. Or 2012. Was last year. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, but uh, it, 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 it's... It's an experience either way, and you know, I, I kind of like what they're doing with the Shamrock and still you know, powdering in that, that Dublin game uh, every so often. We're talking with uh, former Irish fullback Mark Edwards right now. Fullback, you said it great. Good job. That was good, man. right? That's yep. right. That's right. I, I was going to hold him accountable. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, previewing the, the Notre Dame football game, the Irish kickoff, just after 2.30 p.m. Mm-hmm. in Yankee Stadium today. Mark, what have just been your general, uh, general thoughts um, of Notre Dame this year? Certainly they're playing at a very high level on both sides of the football, but what have you liked from these guys so far? I like the balance. Um, you know, we're, we're running the ball effectively. We're throwing the ball effectively. If you look at most of the stat lines of, of games as far as offense is concerned, you know, you're going to find 
250 to 300 yards passing and, you know, 225 to 300 yards rushing. It's, it's very, very balanced. And even in a few of those games uh, where we didn't run the ball that well, like Northwestern, I think it was, um, we still ran the ball 40, 50 times, whatever it was. Um, so even though the yards weren't there, the balance was still there. So with keeping North, you know, keeping the opponent honest and having to play against the run, that opens up the passing game too. We're playing very good complementary football on offense and defense. I mean, we're, you know, we're, we're just we're tough up front. We're we're really tough up front, and. We're playing, you know, very good pass defense as well. Now, I don't know if that's because our DBs are that great, because we're getting that much pressure on the quarterback. But more than likely, it's a combination of both. So we really do not have a glaring weakness. Um, you know, does that mean we're great on offense or great on defense? Maybe, maybe not. But we're playing very good complementary football. Uh, the only thing that really concerns me is we have had a few big-time special teams uh, issues, Uh, you know, giving up a few touchdowns, some blocked punts, you know, things like that, that can win or lose the game for you. Those are big-time, momentum-changing type of plays. So if if we eliminate those things, we're going to be in pretty darn good shape uh, these next coming games. Hey, Mark, in your playing days uh, at Notre Dame and, and talking about special teams, I know nowadays they look to put a lot of starters on the special teams. What was the mind uh, thought back in the days when you were playing? Uh, the exact same thing. Um, Lou Holtz always emphasized how important the punt team was. Um, the punt team had all starters across the board on it. We either had you know, our starting corners, or receivers uh, out at the gunner position. Uh, all three of our starting linebackers were on the line, starting tight ends. Uh, I, I was a starter on the punt team as a personal protector. So uh, special teams are always, always huge. And then uh, special teams are also about effort and desire. So he would also, you know, put – you know, the guys that, 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 that worked the hardest in practice, that showed the most passion, that showed the most heart uh, out there because, it, you know, it, you knew they were going to give everything that they possibly had. So special teams were huge. Lots of starters on special teams during my time, uh, and uh, that, that hasn't uh, really changed a whole lot in college football. Mark, we had we had Ronaldo win on the show uh, last week, and uh, he did. He set the bar really high. Uh, he did a, a Lou Holtz impression. It was it was pretty good. Uh, do you have Do you have any uh, specific stories you'd like to share with us? And and, and, oh, if, and if you would like to, if you would like to do your best on an impersonation too, it's always it's always. It's always great to hear the the former guys. It's pretty early in the morning to ask that, but give it a shot. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, Holtz was one of those guys that, in my opinion, he put so much pressure on you in practice that come game time, it was easy, right? Um, No pressure in the game because you would go through every snap of practice, especially as a young player that had to play, that – you were terrified going to practice. Uh, you know, I, I remember I used to walk over to practice just horrified about what I was going to get screamed and yelled and belittled about. I didn't know what it was going to be, but I knew it was going to be something. And also such a perfectionist that 
if I was in my stance and I was supposed to take a lead step and instead I simply took a crossover step first, regardless of the outcome of the play, he was down the field screaming in my ear and sending my sorry behind down the scout team. You know, back then, you know, just like now, you know, the offense practices on one field, the defense would practice three fields over. And that was a long, lonely jog of shame that that I that I wore a pass in between the the the, the, the offensive defense my freshman year. So uh, you know that 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 was not a lot of fun. But you know one of my you know best Holt stories was uh, fortunately it didn't happen to me. Um, you know he there 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 was plenty of belittling me. But the funniest <laughs> one I remember was it was. Uh, Air Force Week in 1995, we had to beat Air. We were going out to Air Force. We had to beat Air Force in order to get a major bowl game going. We go down to the Orange Bowl, and Ron Paulus, our starting quarterback, had just broke his arm against Navy the week before. So Tom Cruise steps up. All right, uh, had had not played the snap other than a little bit of mop up duty up to that point. So, you know, we're out there practice. He's throwing the ball around, doing this, that, and the other. And Holst just stops practice, blows his whistle, and he's like, hey, Thomas, Thomas, Thomas. So I'm like, well, what, 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 what state are you in right now? And Thomas, like, looked at him just for a second, like, what, what are you talking about? He's like, well, what, what state is your damn ass in? And he goes, uh, in, in the Indiana, coach. He's like, no, your damn ass is in a state of confusion. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, He's like, really? I mean, you know, just everybody started laughing, you know. Well, not out loud. We were all laughing internally because we were afraid he was going to turn on us <laughs> at that time. But uh, stuff like that, you, you know, like, no, you know, you're, you're in a state of confusion because you don't know what the hell you're doing. And he just went off, you know, off on him. And, uh, yeah, you know, we went out to Air Force and ran for a bunch of yards and Thomas threw the ball great. You know, we beat him up pretty good and um, ended up going on the Orange Bowl that year. So You had just the right amount of coffee because that was a great impression. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm working on that uh, that second cup, and uh, there'll, there'll be one more before uh, at least one more before noon. I have to get out of here because uh, my son, who is a great little football player right now, uh, you know Brian Kelly's already offered him, even though he's only eight. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, uh, he he's got a little basketball game today, and his end of the year football party. So yeah, I need to get fired up for that. And on top of all that, guys, all right, number forty four turns 44 today so it's actually my birthday as well happy, happy birthday, birthday. Uh, I, I, I got a lot of lot of lot of good things planned today and uh you know little, little, little basketball then we're going to the football party and then we're going to be watching the irish beat up on syracuse at the football party and i'm sure i'll be enjoying a few adult beverages at that time as well and what score do you predict you know i think uh i Syracuse's offense is pretty darn explosive, and I think we're going to give up a few more points than we normally do, even though our defense is pretty solid. But equally so, Syracuse's defense gives up a lot of points, and our offense is going to have a field day with them. I think it's going to be, you know, like a uh, like a twenty four seventeen game at half. And, you know, we're, we're going to end up beating about uh, 49-31. Well, how about 44 for your birthday? 
Uh, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll pretend I'm 49 to get those extra points. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks a lot. We really appreciate you getting up this morning. Have a good day. Hope your son wins his game today. Thank you, Mark. Go Irish. Go Irish. This is WSPT's Game Day live from the WSPT studios. Kickoff tonight is, or this afternoon, is around 2.30 p.m. on NBC. Or listen right here on 96.1 WSPT. We'll be right back with National Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wilfong. The Game Day Show is brought to you by Budweiser. Great times are waiting. Grab some buds. Carmelo's at McCree's, your post-game dining destination, and McCree's Italian Bakery for all your tailgating needs. Eddie Street Commons at Notre Dame. Come dine, shop, and enjoy the merchants at Eddie Street Commons. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Contact Nathan Pivovar in Mishawaka or Craig Langhofer in New Carlisle and the Food Bank of Northern Indiana. Together, we can stop hunger. Learn more at feedindiana.org. It's a great day for the Shamrock Series game at Yankee Stadium. And our next guest is a recruiting guru. Um, he's the National Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, uh, Steve Wilfong. And let's just talk a little bit of recruiting. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, guys. How are you? We're great, doing great. great, Steve. Thanks for, uh, thanks for taking some time this morning. Do this for us. How about you give us a quick rundown right now on how the Irish are looking as far as recruiting is concerned in this current class. Evan, good to be on with you, brother. Uh, been a long time since we last talked. Notre Dame sitting on the nation's number 12 recruiting class for 24-7 sports, number one among the independents. And it's a terrific class on the offensive line led by a, a young man, in my opinion, from the same high school uh, that produced Notre Dame freshman quarterback Phil Jakovic, uh, Andrew Kostopic out of Pine Richland, uh, Gibsonia, Pennsylvania. He's a multi-sport athlete, a, a kid that I think will continue this ter- terrific Notre Dame offensive line tradition when you're looking at the NFL draft down the road. So offensive line is, is where I point to first. They have a young man in this class out of Atlanta, who we have in five-star range, Kyle Hamilton. We recently bumped him up to the number 22 player in the country, regardless of position. Number two safety, he's six foot three, 195 pounds uh, out of the Marist School down there. Runs four six on the laser, 40-inch vert, very explosive athlete, four-two shuttle, and it's showing up on the field for him. Uh, having a terrific senior season, a guy that's going to play in the All-American Bowl. So, I think Kyle Hamilton is the jewel of this Notre Dame class. And then you really like what Notre Dame's doing uh, on the offensive line. Uh, Quarterback Brendan Clark having a terrific senior season as well. Um, Very efficient passer. Um, That also runs pretty well, Evan. uh, 4-7 laser timed on the 40, so he's got a chance to bring some dynamic ability um, under center uh, for for Notre Dame as well. Multiple defensive linemen committed uh, for Notre Dame. Uh, a couple four-stars led by Nana Osafa-Mensa, a defensive end out of Fort Worth, Texas. Jacob Lacey's a four-star defensive tackle out of Kentucky. Steve, you and I have talked about this in the past too, and you know, w- winning helps. <laughs> What's been the general feel this year with Notre Dame? You know, sitting at ten and zero, undefeated. How big has that been? Maybe not even in, in this class, but if we're looking, you know, next year and the year after, what's what's been the general consensus kind of at the ground level, you know, both from Notre Dame coaches but also from players um, as far as what Brian Kelly is doing with this program right now? Well, if you look at uh, Notre Dame on the 24-7 sports team talent composite, we have them 10th nationally, so they've recruited. That's just based on star ranking, so they've always – recruited well. I think that this is an opportunity for Notre Dame to maybe put themselves in the top five down down the road if they can continue to um, 
play at this play at this level it, it's certainly attractive nationally uh when when you're in in the playoff contention and, and your name is being said uh, amongst the college football elites on every major college football program but notre dame's recruited well and they've developed well and you're seeing that on the field this year as far as that that overall composite in, in terms of talent you know, you see a lot of guys year in and year out. You've got other people on your staff that are going and and getting an idea of of uh, the development of these players at a very young age, um, and in high school. You know, if you're looking at Notre Dame right now, and you're looking at the teams that traditionally year in and year out are competing to be in the college football playoffs, how close do you think that gap is right now for Notre Dame in closing it? Um, you know, whether we're talking three to five years out, but how close do you think Notre Dame is? Certainly they're top 10 right now, but and in your mind too, um, what is the biggest difference between, say, uh, a team like Alabama, who is year in and year out right near the top, or even Clemson, what they've done over the past um, five to eight years? What's, what's the biggest uh, difference between, say, what Notre Dame is doing um, and, and then those top-tier teams? Well, Notre Dame is Notre Dame's in that group where you could say three through twelve are really, really competitive with each other, and it may be even deeper. Alabama and Clemson are are more talented than everybody else this year. Um, I think you, it starts at the quarterback position. Uh, they both have studs under center, former five stars um, that are guys that'll probably be projected to go in the first round. So when you have a first round talent under center. You're in good shape. And then uh, from there, defensive line recruiting. Uh, Clemson has uh, six, seven pros uh, on their defensive line too deep right now, and I may be underselling it. And Alabama year in and year out, the front seven uh, NFL caliber talent that they have is off the charts. Alabama secondary. Uh, the difference between Alabama and really everybody else and why they've won five out of the nine national titles is they have the most pros. They have the best player development. And not only do they have a ton of pros, but it's guys that are getting drafted high that are then becoming difference makers on Sunday. And so when you have the most talent and then you have a coach like Nick Saban and his staff who know how to develop them and put them in the right positions to be successful, it's quite a force. And, Clemson, they, they've had some really dynamic receivers to go along with the, their elite defensive recruiting. They have arguably the best defensive coordinator in the country, and Brent Venables, who's been loyal to, to Clemson. Uh, he's a terrific go-getter on the recruiting trail, and they, they just have so much, so much Sunday talent on their team. I look at Notre Dame, and, and they're number three nationally, and, and deservedly so uh, right now. <clears throat> They've, they've always recruited well on the offensive line, and they have several future pros um, up front. Excuse me, Dexter Williams, he's averaging 131 rushing yards a game, a former top 100 recruit. That 131 yards rushing a game would put him fourth nationally. He hasn't played in 75% of the team's games yet, so that doesn't qualify. But he, he's he's very talented defensively. You look at this is a, a defense that is among America's best pass efficiency wise. They're six nationally, so they're very smart. And, and, and Clark Lee and company put these guys in position to be successful. But they've also developed them. When you look at this team, Khalid Kareem was 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 highly recruited in a sense, but he wasn't like highly pursued. He had an Alabama offer. I don't think Michigan lost much sleep in the moment when he didn't go there. He's one of Notre Dame's best players. Julian O'Quara, 
who is who is uh, um, someone that every quarterback has to mark. Twenty one quarterback hurries this year. He, he's lived in the backfield. He's another guy that was a four star recruit, but he wasn't one that all the SEC schools were salvating over. At Notre Dame getting a lot of mileage out of there. Notre Dame beat Miami for Tevin Coney, who's their best defensive player and another former four star. But he he wasn't a guy that was. Uh, drooled over by by many programs. Julian Love, uh, an incredible uh, three three way player in high school, offense, defense, special teams. Ohio State and all the other Midwest powers weren't weren't you know beating down his door for him. So where I'm going with this is Notre Dame is developing the hell out of these guys and and uh, and evaluating well and saying, well, hell, these guys are top targets for us. And, and uh, you know these young men are difference makers uh, for for Notre Dame. And Stephen, and, and how about Ian Book? I remember uh, back to signing day, you and I had a conversation. Um, he was a guy you really liked, am I correct? Well, he's a guy I really liked because you, you you're talking to these. I know he was a guy that Notre Dame really liked, Mike Sanford, who recruited him, loved him. I happen to know his uh, private quarterback coach. Um, and, and he had the intangible, when you're looking at analytics of quarterbacks that are successful in the next level, getting drafted, being multi-sport is, is really big. He's a terrific lacrosse player. He was incredibly efficient with the football, high completion percentage, didn't turn it over. That's translating in college. Now Brandon Wimbush, his senior year, I think he completed 70% of his passes and only threw one interception. So there's always... You know, the analytics don't always prove to be true, um, but but in Ian Book's case, he's been terrific. And I'll never forget when he committed the moxie he showed, because at that time you had Deshaun Kaiser, you had Malik Zaire, who was still really highly thought of. He only had played in two games. They kicked Texas's ass with him under center. Then he got hurt in Virginia, and so his flaws were never really shown. So people were really high on Malik. And then and then Wimbush was the touted recruit. Ian Book was like, knew that his dad said, hey, he knows what they got, but he's not going there to carry anybody's briefcase. I remember him saying that <laughs> the night he committed. And, and so the moxie that Ian Book has, the confidence he had in himself to say, hey, look, I know I know what they did in high school, but you know, I'm going to Notre Dame and I'm going to compete with those guys, and he's going to be a multi-year starter. He's going to be a guy on early season Heisman list next season. And, and, and it's just incredible. He, he drops back to pass four times, and he's completing three of them. You know? and, and so Notre Dame, they're staying on script on offense. They're staying ahead of the chains. And they have a chance to score every possession because he's taking care of the football. Hey, see, we really appreciate you getting up so early in the morning. Thanks for taking my text at the last minute. And we hope you have a great day. And we're looking for a great Irish win today. I appreciate it, guys. Take care. Have a good one. Thank you, Steve. That's the National Director of Recruiting for 24-7 Sports, Steve Wolfong. This is WSBT's Game Day Show. We'll be right back with former kicking specialist, return specialist, Alan Rossum. The Game Day Show is brought to you by GolfStreamCoach.com, looking for exceptional trainees to learn the RV business. Hearing aid service, providing you quality, affordable digital listening solutions you can depend on. Hearth and Home, Kurt Outdoor Living, and Leck Lightner Door. Tim, we're back. We are back, and uh, you know what? I wonder how many people um, had a real late night last night uh, in New York City getting ready for this game today. Well, you know, one person I know had a late night was Bobby Brown. 
Bobby Brown did. He I was had on a, Facebook. I was, yeah, he had he had a little party going on. Was that Jay Z's? Uh, I don't place is what I, I saw. All I know is he knows he knows how to to get a part get get a party going and get people there. He does, and I, I, and I'm not so sure, but I think maybe our next guest. He's supposed to be in New York. Hopefully, with the snow over there, he got in there. Maybe he attended one of those parties. But former Notre Dame. A defensive uh, cornerback and re- kicking return specialist, and also NFL kicking return specialist, Alan Rossum. Is it good morning, Alan, or a bad morning? <laughs> it's good morning, but I don't know. I don't know when I fell asleep or <laughs> I just woke up with you guys. So, thank you so much uh, for having me on. And yes, I did attend uh, the, the Jay Z Bobby Brown party last night. Woo, <laughs> man! Bobby Brown uh, fashion. It was epic. And uh, Bobby doesn't know when to go to sleep and when to stop. So. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but he got me up this morning. So a lot of <laughs> lot of Notre Dame former players there. Oh yes, and I'm still running into everyone. Uh, a lot of people got um, sidetracked with the weather. Right. Myself, I was delayed like three or four hours yesterday coming in. So I'm sure I see a lot of guys at the tailgate today, and then um, on the sideline for pregame. So did we give you a wake-up call so you'll get ready for the tailgate, or were you going to be able to get up anyway? No, I was going to be up anyway because if you were not going to call me, my wife was going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> just in case I stayed out super late, that she could just be in <laughs> a nuisance for me so I couldn't sleep in. But it's quite all right, man. I'm fine. Okay, we won't talk too loud, though. <laughs> no, you're fine, man. I, got, I have four daughters. And they're up at five. Hey, I got four daughters, too. I don't have any hair. I don't know about you, but I have four daughters and no hair. Well, I, I have four daughters in gray hair. Oh, <laughs> good job, man. That's a football yeah, player for you. I have three teenagers, so. Oh, jeez. <laughs> and two of them are about to go to college. One in Notre Dame, at least. So. I, I, I saw that. You have uh, twin daughters that uh, are big track stars like you were, and then you got another daughter that's a senior that um, is Notre Dame recruiting her too. Well, my twins are seniors, so one is coming to Notre Dame, and then the other is going to Stanford and have a sophomore. Okay. Being recruited. You know, she's not being recruited by Notre Dame now because it's illegal, but um, I'm sure she's on the radar. Well, Bobby, when he typed the notes to me, maybe he was at the Jay-Z party because it didn't all come out that way. So <laughs> all I know is they're great They're great athletes is what, I, what I've heard. Oh, uh, yes, they are. They are. According to my wife, to check out the herb, but I had a pretty good – uh, track career as well. So. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Because sitting with uh, my the, the host of the show, Evan was a two sports star, and he just I just read an article about him talking about baseball and football. How about uh, track and football? The complementary and and also the the issues and the the problems that might have arisen playing uh, two high profile sports at Notre Dame. Well, it was fine. Um, I mean, I think they they went hand in hand. The only thing. Um, I was, there was no issue, but the only thing was I just never really got any rest. So I would leave the bowl game, um, come back to school, and I would be right in track season, into a track season mode. Then once nationals is over in March, then I'm back in football mode for a spring ball. So that was the only thing. I guess the most rest I got was during the summer or during Christmas break, uh, preparing for a bowl game. But they definitely go hand in hand. Um, kept my speed up. or actually got me even faster. Kept me, uh, kept me flexible. And I think I was a step or two ahead of guys uh, 100% of the time because of the combination. What, what was kind of the biggest challenge for you? Was it uh, you know, man- managing time between the two, uh, maybe the relationship between the coaches? But what did you find to be the biggest hurdle? Uh, my track coach wanted me to run outdoor track in South Bend, which was <laughs> 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 
still throwing the ground in April that first year. My freshman year, I was a, I was an All American indoor. Uh, you have to be top six. I was All American that year. So I was like, oh my gosh, I got the rocket here. So I was like, yeah, but I'm going back to football. So <laughs> <laughs> that was probably the biggest thing. Um, and then I uh, I started my sophomore year. Uh, and I didn't, so I didn't run track again until my junior year, and I did not run my senior year. So, track coach and I were kind of like, "Come on, dude, you know you can do it." And I'm just like, ah, "I'm trying to prepare now for something else." And, and I graduated early, so I graduated in December. So I was definitely not going to run my senior year. I was already out of school, even though I had eligibility. So the decision, the decision then to not run the was that just solely focused on you want to make sure you're ready for football. Well, yeah, I mean, unfortunately, my, my father passed away that February when I got to the combine, so I was, I was just, you know, my mind was just wasn't in it. So, and uh, that year for indoor, yes, I was just preparing for the combine, senior bowl, things like that. Well, it's been pretty unique to see some multi-sport guys. Troy Pride's a guy right now on the Irish roster, defensive back who's also <laughs> running track, too. Um, you know, I, I think it's great to see these guys being able to to play multi-sport. Cole Komet's a pitcher on the Irish baseball team who's also a tight end. So it's it's becoming less and less mainstream to see guys do it at the collegiate level. So, um, you know, having gone through it yourself and, and, and now seeing some guys at Notre Dame specifically that are able to tap into that is is pretty unique. And, you know, Notre Dame has a, a big matchup today. They're sitting at 10-0 and uh, playing in Yankee Stadium against an 8-2 uh, Syracuse Orange team. You know, this is – this has been a team that looks like they continue to get stronger as the years go as the years gone on. Now um, we're in November. Two big games left. Uh, what have you liked from the Notre Dame football team this year? Well, um, I've liked the spark that they uh, received on offense, and then uh, when that spark was kind of out, I liked the guy who was starting. Rubush <laughs> came back and provided even more spark. So I like that on the offensive side. On the defensive side, they they've been consistent. I think they've been a top-ranked defense the entire year, kind of a bend on break. And even when they have an off game, the offense kind of, uh, you know, picks up the slack. Uh, so I've, I've enjoyed that. I think I'm going to miss Justin Yoon when he leaves, uh, what everyone's saying, you the whole time when he gets out there. But um, I, also, I also like the fact that uh, BK hasn't been on the sidelines in ballistic about the first blood vessel yelling at someone. So uh, it's been fun, man. Every Saturday is a stressful day for me now. And being in New York, um, hopefully the cold weather kind of calmed me down a little bit because I am the guy that no one wants to be around during the um, <laughs> Irish game. So if my wife walks in, one, she can tell if I'm winning or losing by my attitude, according to her, which I have no idea what she's talking about. Then she says, <laughs> if a bad play happens when she walks in, I always blame her. <laughs> so she doesn't come in the room very often then. She's been to with me. We have won convincingly, including the Michigan game this year. And so every game she comes with. Good luck, Charles. The last Michigan, yes, good luck, Charles. In at, at Notre Dame or in, the, in in person, but at home, um, my kids don't even come in. He was like, "All right, <laughs> so, uh, I am that guy." Unfortunately. Tim Ground, Evan Sharpley on game day with Alan Rossum, who during his Notre Dame career had nine TD returns. Three on interceptions, three on punts, and two on kickoffs. And by the way, the other he also had four other interceptions and 144 tackles at Notre Dame. Hey, let me ask you personally, running, uh, having all those returns like that, it might sound corny, but what's more exhilarating, running back an interception, a punt, or a kickoff? <laughs> um, 
probably a punt because you don't know if they're going to take your head up off before the ball gets there. But um, I mean, my my um, my return stories were just kind of crazy. I mean, when I, I only got one kickoff return a game and two punts a game, and people were like, "Well, how'd you score so much?" I was like, "Well, I kind of had a twenty-five percent chance of scoring everything." <laughs> Good odds. So, uh, but my sophomore year. Coach Oates comes to me the night before the opening game, and they had just built the 20,000 seats at the top, but they were not open yet. And he goes, hey, uh, I heard you return a kick in high school, so you can return to open a kick tomorrow. I'm like, okay, thanks. Then we go there before the game, and he says, hey, South Carolina Rossman is going to return this open kick. You're going to block for me. He's going to score. Lo and behold, I get the ball and I score. It was a 99-yard touchdown. So the rest of the story is kind of history after that. But by the middle of my junior year, uh, famed running back coach and running back Autry Denson <laughs> was letting the ball drop on the ground uh, before every punt. And it was working for him, but Coach Holtz hated it. So Coach Holtz comes to me before the game again, says, hey, uh, can you catch a punt? I said, I don't know. If there's anything like catching the pass, I'm fine. So uh, the first one, I went back for 25. The second one for a touchdown for 75. And he says, hey, man, I got some good news. You're going to return more punts. Bad news is I'm going to teach you how to catch it. So <laughs> that was the uh, – I just, I just happened to score a lot. But it was ironic how, it, you know, you see a guy who's maybe 105 soaking wet with a towel around his neck trying to catch a punt. I felt that I could do it. Um, but probably looking up at that ball the whole entire time and trusting you guys to come down is probably the most uh, fun and exciting. But I probably um, – I've had some interesting touchdowns and stories behind them. I'm sure Coach Holtz could tell you a lot better on, on, on all three phases, uh, including interception returns. Is it legend or myth that we heard that one time he was so miffed at somebody catching a punt that he accepted a punt and then he broke a finger or something? Is that legend or myth? Uh, no, that is absolutely correct. Um, <laughs> I think I was there. <laughs> and one time he, he caught one. Um, oh, my gosh, he was in practice one time, and he's trying to teach me how to kiss punt. I talked to him. I talked Rocket. Watch this. Hunter the punter. Kick, kick the ball. And he kicked it right with his face. So I said, hey, look, if, I, if he could even get close to this thing, I'm fine. You know, but, um, <laughs> yeah, so it helped build my legend, though. So I, <laughs> I appreciate it. I got a nickname out of it and everything. So it's fine with me. What's the nickname? Awesome Awesome. Oh, okay. Nice. There you go. So before I came out, you know, they would yell, you and you Well, when I got back there, they would yell, Awesome Awesome. That's Bobby Brown. He'll tell you about it. It's crazy. <laughs> Al, we had, uh, we had Ronaldo win on last week and then Mark Edwards earlier, and they did their best Coach Holtz impression. Do you think uh, <laughs> you could maybe uh, entertain us a little bit with this? <laughs> sure. Let me see. Let me put the let me sit up. All right, so we have Thomas Cruz and Run Policies out down the coaching staff. And uh, Thomas Cruz is uh, backup quarterback, and who knows what, what game it was. Coach was going to give him ATWL no matter what. So Tom was having a bad practice, and uh, Coach goes off on him, and I'll just take it from there in Coach Holt's voice. <laughs> Long night, guys. So sorry. <laughs> hey, Thomas Drew. Thomas Drew. Hey, what, what, the, what the hell's going on? He goes, uh, Coach, what do you mean? He's like, tell me, tell me what, the, what state are you in? He goes, Coach, I'm in the state of Indiana. He goes, no, you're in the state of confusion. You have no idea what's going on. And I tell you, everybody that's died laughing in practice, that was Coach Oates. 
Hey, hey, Alan, you'll you will yeah. love this. So we asked we asked Mark to tell us and give us a, an impression. Mark Edwards. He said the same story. <laughs> it is legend. <laughs> oh my God! I mean, he. I mean, my freshman year though, he brought me in. We were like six to five and one. We still went to a bowl game, got cream there. But he brings me in. He goes, "Hey, Alan, Wilson, I understand that you don't want to be." I'm like, "Coach, what are you talking about? I'm playing nickel. Like, what are you talking about?" He goes, so I'm taking the liberty of calling all the schools that you visited, Tennessee, Michigan, Stanford, uh, I called Joe Paterno, and all of them, they all said that they will take you. <laughs> so obviously you don't want to be here. So where would you like to go? Because I have all of them right here. You can just pick which one you're in, and then I'm gonna, I'm, you're going to get out of here. I'm like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> oh, my goodness. He says, you, he says, you are the reason that we are – Six and five going into this book. <laughs> like, what? He was a yeah, he, he was a card. And then I started for the next three years. <laughs> <laughs> and then he put me on offense. <laughs> yeah, he's a character, man. And then he, he tried to right, another story. Oh my gosh! I saw him again, and uh, we're playing in Washington, and they are loaded, man. They have Corey Dillon, Rashawn She. I mean, they have. I mean, they are loaded. And uh, we're, uh, we had just taken the lead. I think we were up by two, and they were driving to kick a field goal. And it's probably two minutes left in the game. They're driving, so this guy has to throw a ball my way, and I intercept the ball. Game over if I just kneel, go on the ground. Not happening. I was at probably at my 10 or 15, and uh, I'm zigzagging all across the field. And I could have swore, and Coach Holmes tells this story, so it must be true. He's yelling. Get down, stupid. Fall down. Get down. But once I crossed the 50, he says he started yelling, go. <laughs> I want him scoring a touchdown. But, uh, yeah, so I have, I have a ton of Coach Holt stories. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate you getting up this morning. We got about 15 seconds here. You want to give us a, a game uh, score prediction? Victory. Hey! <laughs> what 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 are you going to be yelling at? What score are you going to be yelling at the TV or at the game today? I'm sorry, at the game when you're there. Uh, one of them took a nap uh, first. <laughs> <laughs> I have a tailgate at 12:30, so I'm getting like an hour or so of sleeping. But the only thing I want the guys to do one, Syracuse is so high powered, man. We just got to be able to you know get them off the field and then allow our offense to allow our defense to get some rest. So other than that, I think we'll be fine. All right, well, you go have a great day. Go back to sleep and get a little sleep. Set that alarm or have your wife give you a call. If you need me to text you or call you back, you know, just text me. After I get off the show, I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> Dude, I just figured out how to turn the lights off in this hotel room. <laughs> oh, okay, there you go. Well, thanks again. And we really enjoyed this, and I hope you don't mind. We're going to call you again for another game next season. No problem, man. I'll probably be at the game. All right, go, I- go Irish. This- All right, talk to you later. This is WSPT's Game Day. We'll be right back with our close. The Game Day Show is brought to you by Made by Hemp and Elkhart. State Farm Insurance Agent Tim Growl. For all your insurance needs, call Tim at 232-9981. United Beverage, Wings, Etc. Grill and Pub, and Zolman's Tire and Auto Care. Great show, partner. Let's have the keys to the game. 
Well, my, I got I got three for you. All right. All the right. first one has to do with turnovers, and you know, in any big game, you want to make sure you're looking at that turnover margin. Defensively, bend but don't break, and then efficiency on offense. I really like Notre Dame <clears> this November. I think they're physically and mentally healthy. They've got a good defense, and with Ian Book at quarterback and Dexter Williams at running back, this offense certainly has taken a step forward. So I'm going to be interested to see what Clark Lee has dialed up for this high-powered Syracuse Orange team. But I'm going to go with another Irish victory. I think the magic is going to continue. Notre Dame will move to 11-0 with a 42-31 victory. 42-31. Close to Mark Edwards' 44, so we'll take the 42. <laughs> Thanks, partner. Evan and I want to thank all of our guests for getting up so early this morning. Mark Edwards, Steve Wilfong, and Alan Rossum. Also, big thank you to Matt Embry here in the studio for all of his assistance. Don't go anywhere as we have a mixed bag this afternoon and this morning. As the Notre Dame Syracuse coverage continues, we have also Fighting Irish Basketball right after the news. It's everything you need to know about today's matchup on Budweiser's Game Day Sports Beat. Immediately following them, it's the Notre Dame Men's Basketball at 1140. After the basketball game, it's Irish kickoff at Yankee Stadium just after 2.30 p.m. with the broadcast team of Paul Burmeister, Ryan Harris, and Jack Nolan. And after the game, join Sean Styers and Reggie Brooks for the official postgame show. Enjoy the Irish win today. Please join us next Saturday at 4 p.m. as we get you ready for the arch-rival USC. Right here on your home for Fighting Irish Football, 96-1 WSBT. For Evan Sharpley, this is Tim Growl. Go Irish! Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 